1: Let's go to the Comic Book Lounge with Mindy and Mark. Let's all take our seats. It's Crisis 308. We enter the final night. This is how I got my wife to read comics. I'm Mark.
2: And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get our feed, other SF podcasts and blogs. Or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and maybe write us a review somewhere.
1: You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. We are taping in advance as we cover DC's crossover events. 1996 brought us The Final Night, a four-issue weekly crossover event with a lot of tie-in issues. DC's heroes band together to defeat not a conventional villain, but a cosmic weapon called the Sun Eater. First seen in Adventure Comics number 305, 1963, it was designed by the Controllers, don't ask, to destroy worlds they considered too evil by finding stars, absorbing their energy, and causing a supernova, which power the Sun Eater to the next star, lather, rinse, repeat. The target world is turned into a frozen wasteland before being wiped out in the supernova. The heroes are forced into a defensive stance, trying to save the Earth's inhabitants from freezing to death. This event features the death of a major DC character, but as always in the DCU, death is a relative term.
2: The Final Night, number one, written by Carl Kessel, penciled by Stuart Eminen, inked by Jose Marzan Jr., colored by Lee Lafridge, lettered by Gaspar, assistant editor Ali Morales, and editor Dan Thorsland. We begin on New Tamarin. Created after the original and Starfire's home was wiped out, the leaders are shocked when their desert-like world loses both heat and light. They are convinced they can fight their way out of this, taking on the unseen enemy who did this. Starfire and her sister Blackfire argue about what to do with a spy who just crash-landed and who cannot be understood. Their space force is sent out and is quickly vaporized, leaving the sisters to deal with the spy. Finally, Starfire takes the spy with her, they leave in separate ships, and escape the doomed world. Blackfire follows her, but her ship is vaporized in a supernova, which leaves New Tamarin a dead husk. Blackfire, 1982-1996, to R.I.P.
1: With nowhere else to go, Starfire and the spy head toward Earth to find help. On Earth, a team composed of Superman and members of the Legion of Superheroes, Raniac 5, Ultra Boy, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, Spark, Inferno, and Gates, are waiting for the incoming ship, assuming it is hostile. The LSH was trapped in the 20th century at the time. They confront the ship, whose passenger is the spy. She points at the sun, and they are nonplussed. Fortunately, the LSHers have universal translators in their flight rings, and hear the spy just fine. Superman's out of the loop until Saturn Girl creates a mental bridge. From this point on, she, at least us, speaks English.
2: She is dusk and warns them that the Sun Eater is coming. The LSHers have heard this as a fairy tale. I guess the CIE reboot took this out of their continuity. She tells them there is no way to stop it and that all hope is doomed unless some can escape into space. We have now moved to dusk giving a Ted talk on the subject of a much larger group seen on a splash page basically showing the class of 96 Superboy, Valor, Robin Jade, Obsidian, Green Lantern Kyle Rayner, Impulse, Blue Beetle, Ted, Booster Gold, Firestorm, Flash Wally West, the Wonder Twins, The Ray, the Marvel Family, Fire Ice, Warrior Guy Gardner, Dr Polaris, Wildcat, Amazing Man, Maxima, Big Barda, Mr Miracle Tachyon, a character just introduced that year and who died quickly, Alpha Centurion, the same, Dr. Light, the good one, Phantom Stranger, Martian Manhunter, and Wonder Woman with 90s hair.
1: They all get a briefing from Dr. Faulkner, aka Rampage, about what they're up against. We also learn that Dusk has gone from world to world trying to warn of impending doom, and that thousands of attempts to stop the Sun Eater have failed. Now, This is kind of like Pariah in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes. Except she, on her own volition, goes from world to world instead of just popping from world to world. A plan is put into motion. One, a team of heroes who generate heat and light will create a second sun as a decoy. Number two, a second team led by Mr. Miracle will force the sun eater into a boom tube and send it away. Number three, the others will deal with panic by the civilians. Team Boom Tube is unable to jam it in because it's only partially in our universe. Team Decoy does its job, but the Sun Eater does what it does to the decoy and then goes on to the real sun. During all this, Phantom Stranger reaches out to the Spectre for his help. He could just wish the Sun Eater away if he wanted. However, the Spectre has become a fatalist and says, if this is to be the final night, so be it. An eclipse begins as the sun is shut down. Cut to Luthor on a tropical honeymoon with Erica. Who decides he is needed?
2: The Final Night, number two, written by Carl Kessel, penciled by Stuart Immonen, inked by Jose Marzan Jr., colored by Patricia Mulvihill, lettered by Gaspar, assistant editor Ali Morales, editor Dan Thorsland. We're now 27 hours since the sun went out. Jimmy Olsen is anchoring GBS coverage and providing exposition. Luther lands on an Air Canada plane? I thought Lex flew private to a press conference telling them he's returned to save the day and face a trial that's why he had left. Superman flies in and is glad for his help. Oracle is directing the heroes on humanitarian missions while stopping panic and looting. Wonder Woman, The Ray, Captain Marvel Jr., Big Barda, and The Guardian handle a massive fire. Meanwhile, Vandal Savage is stealing the Mona Lisa. Turns out Mona scorned him at the time, which is why he blackmailed her and Da Vinci into making the painting in the first place. Batman stops him with an assist from Superman, whose powers are dwindling with the lack of a yellow sun. Cut to Luthor, who's building a probe to find out more about the Sun Eater, and he insults Brainiac 5 while doing so.
1: Cut to JSAers Jay Garrick, Liberty Bell, and Wildcat, who have decided to join the fight. This was during the time the JSA was retired. They ask the OG Starman if he wants to get involved, but he replies that he's watching things from his telescope and might come up with something. Back to Luthor, who sent GL Kyle into the Sun Eater as a probe, he disappears. Cut to Dusk, who's attacked by a mob. Black Canary, Nightwing, Wally Flash, and Robin try to save her. Cut to the ray, who flew a survivor of that earlier fire halfway around the world to see her family again. His frustration over the final night boils over, and he tries to ignite himself to generate heat. Meanwhile, Dusk is saved by Pharaoh Lad of the LSH? Wait, isn't he dead? He was killed by the original Sun Eater in the 30th century, Adventure Comics number 353, 1966, and was one of the first heroes in the DCU to die in continuity.
2: The Final Night number 3, written by Carl Kessel, penciled by Stuart Immonen, inked by Jose Marzan Jr., colored by Patricia Mulvihill, lettered by Gestar, assistant editor Ali Morales, and editor Dan Thorsland. We kick things off at Warrior's, Guy Gardner's superhero-themed restaurant, which has become a shelter and makeshift hospital. Pharaoh, who has apparently been busy since the last issue in tie-ins and has slimmed down his name, has brought a comatose wildcat in for emergency surgery. Spark gives Pharaoh a thumbs-up for his work and tosses over a Legion flight ring. Suddenly, Etrigan breaks into TV coverage to give humanity an offer. The world will be saved if everyone agrees to go to hell when they die. Cut to a Daily Planet headline. Earth to demon, go to hell!
1: We're now watching Lex at a press conference announcing plans for use of geothermal power along with magnetic and gravitational fields, biospheres to save the flora and fauna, and continued work to reignite the sun. A reporter asks if these are just stopgap measures since the Earth's core will eventually freeze. It seems something is keeping the core warmed up. It's Spectre, who has decided to split hairs over this whole thing. The sun can go out if that's God's will, but there was nothing about allowing Gaia, an actual woman at the center of the Earth, to survive. Ted Knight, OG Starman, checks in, noting that the sun is shrinking. Brainiac 5 briefs the others. The Sun Eater is draining energy, not mass. This will cause a supernova in under 24 hours. (laughs) Hey, this is Mark checking in during the edit where I realized there's an enormous plot hole in this storyline. So Dusk goes from world to world telling them that Sun Eater is coming and they need to prepare. She can't do that until the Sun Eater leaves because she has to know where the Sun Eater is going. The Sun Eater doesn't leave until the supernova occurs because that's what propels it to the next world. Ergo... Dusk knows that a supernova is coming, but apparently she never mentioned it, while the Earth frantically tries to figure out how they're going to survive until they can reignite the sun. Was there a cutscene where she said, Oh, my bad, did I not mention that? That there's no use you doing all this work because you're going to be wiped out from a supernova very soon? Sorry.
2: Back to Dusk, who gets a visit from the phantom stranger. She's about to Vamoose, especially since she was attacked. He takes her astrally to watch Oracle tell the troops what's coming. Then it's off to see the Ray, now in a coma in that village. Zatanna pops in with Fire, the hero, not the elemental. Fire gives the Ray a smooch in her fiery form, and he's all better. Zatanna then zaps in Firestorm, who taps his power to give the village a bit more heat. Then it's off to see Alan Scott, who's helping save people. Then is met by his kids, Jade and Obsidian, who all go home for it all to end. Finally, we get a two-page spread as the phantom stranger shows Dusk other heroes throughout the world, fighting until the end, saving people. Mankind believes they can overcome any obstacle, Dusk. He leaves her outside of warriors, where strangers help her in. Not everyone on Earth is bad.
1: Cut to Superman, who flew in on Guardian Skyplane to see Monpa Kent before the end. Cut to Guy Gardner, looking at the artifacts in his restaurant, realizing that his current powers won't even let him get drunk for the end. He looks at his old jail costume and wishes for better days. Guess it's true that saying about the grass on the other side being g- greener? As a green light appears. Now, before we go to the final issue, there is a special that sets up the finale. Parallax Emerald Night Number no. 1, written by Ron Mars, penciled by Mike McCone, inked by Mark McKenna, colored by John Calise, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos, assistant editor Eddie Berganza, and editor Kevin Dooley. Now, this came out during a one-week break between Final Night issues 3 and 4, and frankly, destroys a lot of the tension. Or maybe that's just in retrospect. After the events in Death of Superman and Zero Hour, Hal Jordan is now Parallax, a near infinitely powered being with all the power of the Guardians of Forever and their rings.
2: He left Earth a while back and we now find him at the Source Wall tracking down the cyborg Superman who wiped out his home of Coast City. Cyborg Superman is, well, cybernetic and seemingly unkillable, but Hal uses his memories of the seven million dead to crush him. Now he feels there's nothing left to do, maybe just get absorbed into the source wall. In flies Kyle Rayner, they're on his own in a desperate attempt to get Hal to return and save Earth. Hal has to think about it for a bit, then returns to Earth and spends time checking in with his old allies. He asks Guy why he stuck at the hero gig when so many people hated him. Guy replies that being a hero means doing the right thing, no matter the odds or anybody's opinion. You do what you got to do. Then he sees John Stewart, now crippled in a hospital room. Hal tries to make things right by healing him. There's a bright future ahead for you. He goes to the graveside of Ollie Queen, leaving flowers there. We will learn much later that Hal resurrected Ollie. Hal goes to see his old buddy, Tom Kalamaku. Tom reminds him that he's still writing a book about Hal's adventure. Hal warps out as he says, I'll try to give you an ending for your book.
1: He goes to see Carol Ferris, who tells him that he has and always will do the right thing, which is why they could never truly be together. They kiss, and he warps out. He goes to the crater that was Co City and finds Guardian Ganthet there. Ganthet feels this was all part of the plan and offers Hal a ring again. Hal demurs, saying he doesn't need it for what he's about to do. Finally, he brings Kyle back and asks him to tell the others he's ready. Now, if you don't already know the ending of Final Night, you haven't been paying attention. (laughs) Maybe DC thought the readers wouldn't accept it. Now, you haven't read—I just read this, but you haven't read this for a long time.
2: For a long time.
1: With that explanation, do you know what's coming?
2: Well, <laughs> uh, apparently Hal <laughs> sacrifices himself to save the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, they really telegraphed this. Yes. The Final Night, number four, written by Carl Kessel, penciled by Stuart Immerman inked by Jose Marzin, Jr., Colored by Patricia Mulliville, lettered by Gaspar, assistant editor Ali Morales, and editor Dan Thorsland.
2: Kyle has returned, but before he talked to Hal for the last time. He's still convinced they're going to win eventually, but Diana drops the supernova thing on him. Meanwhile, Luthor brings everyone together to explain his final plan. Generate a massive set of force fields to contain most of the force of the supernova, destroying the Sun Eater within it. The devices will have to be shot off from a ship in the area, and initially plans to have Kyle pilot it since he has experience. Superman asks if Dusk should leave the solar system in case this doesn't work so she can warn others. Dusk replies that she now sees an inherent light in Earth's people, thanks to the phantom stranger, and is going to stay. Unfortunately, Kyle disappears, leaving the logical choice, Luthor himself. However, Lex declines, saying he did this to save his own skin, not go on a suicide mission. After some argument, Superman will be the pilot. He goes off to write a note to Lois, and while he does so, the ship takes off. Pharaoh took it instead.
1: Now this reminds me of JLA number 100-102, where someone had to go on a suicide mission, and while the heroes argued, Red Tornado did it for them. There's more arguments about who should go after him, and then Kyle and Hal pop in. Of course, there's a lot of distrust here, especially when Hal says he will reignite the sun himself, avoiding the supernova. Batman's convinced this is a ploy to remake the Earth, as he tried and partially succeeded in Zero Hour. I will heal the planet. I will restore its life and beauty, and that's all I'll do on my oath. Hal warps out, and telemetry comes in from Pharaoh's ship. The Nova is imminent. The sun goes DOOM! And Pharaoh is killed, or is he? Hal has hit the temporal pause button so he can send Pharaoh home. Then he begins reciting his oath, the GL oath, absorbing the sun eater into himself as he does so. Then he explodes himself, reigniting the sun with now a green light. The world rejoices. Later, Batman and Superman check in. Clark considers Hal to be redeemed. Bruce says... Don't make a martyr out of a murderer, Superman. The end.
2: Of course, Hell does return, first as the Spectre, and then is rebooted back to being a GL in the GL Rebirth title. Pharaoh joins the Legion of Superheroes. Superman remains powerless for some time, at one point turning into pure energy requiring a special blue and white suit to stay alive. And as noted, Hal resurrected Ali, who makes his official return to the DCU in 2001.
1: Now, there were multiple tie-in issues, but hopefully they were used to fill in a few of the plot holes. The Power of Shazam number 20, Sovereign 7 number 16, Superman volume 2 number 117, The Adventures of Superman 540, Batman 536, Green Arrow volume 2 114, Supergirl volume 2 number 3, Action Comics number 727, Aquaman volume 4 number 26, Detective Comics 703, Superboy volume 3 number 33, The Flash volume 2 number 119, Hitman number 8. The Legion of Superheroes, Volume 4, Number 86, Robin, Volume 4, Number 35, The Spectre, Volume 3, Number 47, Superman, The Man of Steel, 62, Tachyon, Number 6, and Green Lantern, Volume 3, Number 81. In our next class, Genesis, not the band. bot, how can the folks
0: find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed. Other SF podcasts and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email Network at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614 321 That's 614 321 sfp back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody.
2: Bye! Bye
0: Bye-bye.